of the Prophet's concern for the people is how our Messenger وسلم, taught his Ummah to deal with Hem and Hazan or Huzan. How it is that you and I can deal with anxiety and sadness or grief. And there's this beautiful narration by Abu Sa'id al Khudri where he says that the Prophet وسلم, one day entered into the masjid. And he found a man from the Ansar who was known as Abu Umama. He was sitting there. And the Prophet realized that this wasn't a normal time for him to be in the masjid. So he asked him that, why are you here in, this, in the masjid during this time when it's not a time for prayer? And then what did Abu Umama's, Umama say? Humumun. Anxiety has overtaken me And I'm worried about all of these debts that I have to pay So he had worries, he had grief, anxiety That had paralyzed him such that he couldn't even interact with people And so he went to the masjid to seek refuge And he was blessed to have the Prophet pass him by and then look at the beauty of how the Prophet ﷺ dealt with his condition. He realized this man was suffering from something. And so what did he say? In a beautiful way. Shall I not teach you? He was the greatest mu'allim teacher ever ﷺ. There's a wisdom and why he put it in a question form. So it would be easy to be received by the one he is addressing. Shall I not teach you karamin? Shall I not teach you a few words? That if you say these words, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove your anxiety and He will take care of your debts for you. And then Abu Umamah responded, Bala, Ya Rasulullah, of course, O Messenger of Allah. So then the Prophet taught him to say, in the morning and in the evening. So he said, Say in the morning and in the evening, Allahumma ya'udhu bika min al-hamni wal-hazan. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from anxiety and from grief. Wa'udhu bika min al-adzi wal-kasal. I seek refuge in you from inability and laziness. Wa'udhu bika min al-jubni wal-bukhul. And I seek refuge in you from cowardice and miserliness. And I seek refuge in you from having overwhelming debt or being in a position where I'm dominated by people. So he said, I put this advice into practice. I said these invocations in the morning and the evening. And what was the result? Allah took care of my debts and He removed my anxiety. He removed my worry. Hujjat al-Islam Imam al-Ghazali that he tells us one of the greatest ways to strengthen your certainty in the Prophet Muhammad is to take his prescriptions and to put them into practice. And do so believing 100% that He is the Messenger of Allah. 
and that He does not speak from His caprice. And He is the means for us to know the divine will. And if you have this meshhad, this outlook, and you do what He says with sincerity for an extended period of time, definitely, absolutely, 100% you'll find the result. And if you don't find the result, it's one or two things. The time hasn't come yet, so you have to keep going. Or you're not doing it the way that you need to be doing it. You need to work on your sincerity. We need to work on our sincerity. We need to work on our presence of heart. We need to work on building our absolute certainty that everything that the Prophet ﷺ says is haq. And he is someone that his happiness, nor does his anger cause him to swerve from the truth. Everything he says is measured and is exactly what he's supposed to say. So we learn in this incident that our Prophet ﷺ, he was concerned for the companions. He was living amongst them. He was dealing with their day-to-day troubles. And he was concerned for them. And then in another hadith, our Prophet ﷺ taught us a similar meaning. And he also gave us another supplication that is extremely practical and easy to say. And again, the benefit of this supplication, it relates to hem and huzn. It relates to anxiety and sadness or grief. And in this hadith that our Prophet ﷺ gives us a formula, and he says that no Muslim will be afflicted with anxiety or grief, and says the supplication that we're going to walk through, save that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove his sadness and grief, and that he will do away with his anxiety. And he will replace it with joy and happiness. And then, after learning these words, the companion whom he told it to asked, Shall we not learn these words when we hear them? And he said, Definitely anyone who hears these words should learn them. So, even in the hadith, there's an encouragement to not to just let these words go in one ear and out the other. There's a duty that you and I have after hearing them. We should learn them. And we should memorize them. If we can in Arabic, that's excellent. If not, we can memorize the translation and at least read the Arabic if we're able to do so. But we bring it into our life. So what are these blessed words? And one of the amazing things is, in the supplication is the anecdote. It's the antidote of how you and I need to be thinking so that we can be healed. There's obviously a spiritual benefit in saying the words in and of themselves, but it's also the mindset and the frame that our Prophet ﷺ gives us when he speaks these blessed words. So these are the antidote for hem and huzn, anxiety and sadness. Allahumma inni abduka. Wibnu Abdika. Oh Allah, I am the son of your servant, and I am your servant, and the son of your servant, Wibnu Amadika, and the son of your female servant. 
So the very first thing that our Prophet ﷺ mentioned was our ubudiyah, our servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first most important thing if we're going to heal from the suffering that comes from living in this world is to realize inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. All of the secrets lie in that. Recognizing that, being aware of that, realizing that indeed we belong to Allah. And to Him, we will return. Everything is encompassed in that. And unto Him we will return to the degree that we realize that meaning within ourselves and that we are aware of it is to the degree that we will shield ourselves from worldly problems and tribulations and being affected by them negatively. You're always going to be affected. We're here in this world. We are not, we, we're not going to reach a state where we are entirely unaffected by what is transpiring around us. But, at very, very least, we don't what, want what happens to us to derail us. That's the worst thing that could happen. On the contrary, we want to, to what we experience from the divine degree to cause us to grow to mature, to propel us forward in the spiritual path. And this is possible if we have the correct perspective. So we begin with ubudiyah. We are abd of Allah. And what does that mean? We don't belong to our own selves. Think how comforting that is psychologically. We don't belong to our own selves. You think of you and... It's actually a very scary notion to think of you never existing. But you as you are, your physical body, your character traits, your thoughts, your heart, everything about you, you don't belong to your own self. We didn't create ourselves. We belong to Allah. He's the one who created us. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we all know that. But the true affair is not to just know that, it's to know that. It's to be aware of that. Especially during the bitterness of tribulation. And then to emphasize this point, the Prophet reminded us in this blessed supplication that we were created and that we are the sons of His servant. Our parents are in the same predicament. And all children of Adam that go back to Adam are in the same predicament. We are all together in this affair. Every single one of us faces similar circumstances throughout our lives. We have ups and we have downs. We have difficulties and we have ease. All of us are in a similar circumstance. But this is where we begin. And then the Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that we should say, Nasiyati My forelock is in your hand in no anthropomorphic way, i.e., we're not in control. We realize that we're servants of Allah and don't belong to ourselves, and secondly, we're not in control. Why is the nausea mentioned? Because if you want to control someone, you grab them by the forelock. If you want to control some type of beast of burden, you grab them by the forelock and you can move them. It's a way of conveying the meaning of control. We're not in control. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
He is the one in control. And when we recognize that, you and I don't know what's going to happen in two seconds. We don't know what's going to happen in a minute or in five minutes or in a day, a week, a month, a year or the remaining part of our lives. We do not know what's going to happen in the next second. And anything could happen to any one of us instantaneously. And we, we don't know. The future, we can't tell the future. We can't predict the future. All we can do is live in the moment. But it's in recognizing that we're not in control that it prepares us to face what is coming in the next moments through reliance in Allah in the very best of ways. As opposed to worrying about the future. What is that worry going to do? If it's not a balanced type of worry that is motivating you towards action, then it's actually useless and harmful spiritually and outwardly. What's it going to do? It's not going to change the reality unless it's a balanced form that because you think about something and you worry about it, you actually do something about it. And really the only him, hem, ideally, that a believer should have is the hem of the akhirah, is the concern of the hereafter. And if you and I place our focus on that concern, that major concern, that most important concern, to the degree that we do, Allah will take care of all of our other worries in the world. And this is something that we can do in a very practical way. If you're experiencing a difficulty right now as we speak, you can wash that difficulty away by reflecting upon the hereafter. By reflecting upon the standing before Allah. By reflecting upon the judgment that you and I will all experience. The realities of the two final abodes, crossing the traverse, and so forth and so on. That will wash away and it will make that worldly concern, even if it be serious, seem much less significant in so far as it is an outward situation Allah has placed you in, but most importantly, how you act in relation to it. Because that will still remain. So we don't say that it doesn't, it doesn't matter. No, it does matter. What matters though is not necessarily what happens to you, it's how you respond to it. And there's a very subtle difference. And this is indicated in the words of Rasulullah And whoever is content with what comes his way from the divine decree, he will receive contentment of Allah. And whoever is discontent, he will receive that Allah's wrath. How, what matters is how we respond. So first and foremost, we recognize our servitude. Secondly, we recognize that we're not in control. Your judgment is going to happen in relation to me. The divine decree. Learning to accept the divine decree. Malden via hukmuk. Whatever Allah judges, whatever He says is going to happen to us, is going to happen. And this stems, of course, from not recognizing we're not in control, just as recognizing we're not in control stems from a recognition of our ubudiyah. They all relate one to another. 
And there's a beautiful that, uh, that succession between these meanings. And then, just so that we don't question anything, Everything that comes my way from the divine decree, it's a manifest, it's justice. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from His bounty forgives. And this is why we want Allah's mercy, not His justice, in terms of our own selves. Yes, outwardly we work to establish justice in creation, but I'm talking about now, in terms of what we want from Allah. We want Allah's mercy. You, every single one of us will be destroyed if we were taken to account for everything. And the blessing of the eye, 500 years of worship, does not equal the blessing of the eye, let alone all of the other blessings. So how can we ever truly repay Allah for what He's given us? Recognizing that His qala is adal, it's just. And then He teaches us to call upon His names. And how does this relate to this whole topic? Because the more that we can start to see everything that happens to us be a manifestation of one of His names, subhanahu wa ta'ala, the easier it is for you and I to respond to it in a way that is pleasing to Him. So if you're going through a difficult time, you might remember times of ease. Those are manifestations of Allah's names as well. In times of difficulty are also manifestations of His names. And when you recognize that, you recognize how you need to be as an abd, going back to the beginning, as a servant in relation to the manifestation of those names. And so He says here, and He teaches us, I ask you by every name you possess, that you have given yourself or that you have revealed in your book or that you have taught one of your creation and there are a lot of nuances we don't have time to go into now about how this relates to the names of Allah and how we come to know them or that you have kept secret in the knowledge of the unseen to yourself. And then, he's going to make a dua about the Qur'an. And تَجْعَلِ الْقُرْآنَ رَبِيَ قَلْبِي That you make the Qur'an the spring of my heart. وَنُورَ basari And the light of my eyes. وَجَلَى husni And the removal of my grief. وَذَهَابَ hammi. An alleviation of my worry, illa Allah ta'ala hamma. What will be the result? Allah will remove his anxiety, wa abdalahu makan husni faraha, and he will replace his grief with happiness and joy. So, how does the Quran then relate to this? Now, this is a dua that we say, but it's also a methodology of life. It's a dua that has a spiritual benefit. Even if we're not putting everything into practice, seeing things as we should be seeing them or doing what it is that we should be doing, it will benefit in and of itself. But if we combine to that and we really want the cure, we have to spend time recognizing that we are servants of Allah, drilling that into our hearts, drilling into our hearts that we're not in control, drilling into our hearts that everything that comes our way is from the divine decree and it is just in drilling into our hearts that Allah has different names 
some of them beautiful and some of them majestic, and that our job is to respond in a way that is pleasing to Him in every moment. And what then is the key to all of that? The Qur'an. The Qur'an. You and I must bring the Qur'an into our lives. Reciting it on a daily basis. Learn the Arabic language. Spend time learning how to recite Allah's book. And also learn the meanings of the Qur'an. And in the meantime, read the translation of the meanings so that you can join between tilawa recitation, and also the meanings of Allah Ta'ala's book. And one of the greatest wisdoms, as we repeat time and time again, of recitation of Qur'an, and one of its greatest benefits, is that it will alleviate your sadness, your grief, all of your anxiety, and it will completely dispel all delusions and illusions that you have. It will give you clarity on life. And it will prepare you for what is the most important moment of all, which is the meeting with our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we listen carefully to what Allah is saying, and how He's addressing every single soul with His word subhanahu wa ta'ala, this will be the benefit. In other words, if we learn the meanings of the Qur'an, we will then learn how to become apt. We will then learn how to then understand the divine decree and submit to it. We'll learn through stories of the past what happens when you respond this way or you respond that way to these various manifestations just as there are verses in the Quran that are extremely jamali and then there are verses that are extremely jalal. And there's a balance between the two. Jamal and jalal. And throughout the Qur'an, Allah Ta'ala will speak about the people of paradise and then He'll speak about the people of the fire or vice versa. He'll describe something of paradise and then He'll describe something we are of the hellfire. So you and I can be inspired to do ultimately what is important for us to do in the moment. But it's not befitting of a believer to be in this state. And when we say this, we're not in any way being unsympathetic to what people are going through. But it means that you and I have to recognize if this is our state, if we're trapped and paralyzed by hem and huzn, by anxiety and sadness, you and I need to dig down deep and we need to strengthen our iman. And the cure of all cures and the elixir of all elixirs is in his book, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And yes, when situations become complicated, we might need professional help at certain times. That might be the case. And that has its place, and everything that I'm saying doesn't deny that. But this is the source of all healing. The spiritual and religious dimension of the human being. And alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has gifted us these great treasures on the tongue of our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu May they become a reality within us. May we bring them into our lives. And we all have a close connection to Sayyidina Muhammad. وَقُلُ قُلِ هَذَا وَأَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهِ لِي وَلَكُمْ وَلِيْجِمِيَ مُسْلِمِينَ فَاسْتَغْفِرُهُ فَنَّغْفُرُ الرَّحِيمُ Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Hirbil Alameen Wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad al-Ashraf al-Anbiya al-Mursaleen Wa ala alihi al-Tayyibin al-Tawirin wa sahabati al-Akramin wa tabi'in wa mihsani yawm al-Din 
علينا معهم وفيهم برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله ما بعد يا عباد الله إني مصيكم ونفسياي بتقوى الله A final piece of parting advice The summer months are ahead of us and for those that are working, they're still working and if someone has a little bit more free time we strongly encourage you to spend that extra free time that you might have in the summer doing something for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Learning sacred knowledge, learning how to devote ourselves to Him subhanahu wa ta'ala, and learning how it is that we can spend a life of service. We should try and strive to spend some of the extra time that we have somewhere within the realm of those three great noble objectives. And then secondly, with your children. There's a lot more free time now, and especially many of us are home. Try to develop a schedule at home, that in addition to the play, in addition to the relaxation, in addition to the things that you know they're going to need as children, but try to develop a schedule at home. Kids thrive on schedules. Kids thrive when things are systematized for them and have some form of religious benefits within that daily schedule. Have some form of reading that you do with them. Have some form of learning that takes place on a regular basis in your household. This is a golden opportunity. They're not going to be in school again for another two or some two and plus months. And so this is a time where we can increase in learning. This is a time that we can do as a family things that we might not have been able to do before. إن الله ملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على سيدنا إبراهيم وعلى آل سيدنا إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على سيدنا إبراهيم وعلى آل سيدنا إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد ورضي الله تعالى سادات الخلفاء الرشيدين أبي بكر وعمر وعثمان وعلي وعلى جميع أهل بيت رسول الله المطهرين من الأرجاس وعلينا معهم وفيهم برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم اغفر للمؤمنين والمؤمنات المسلمين والمسلمات الأحياء منهم والأموات ويذكر سبحانه وتعالى في جالس and all of our affairs and to direct our hearts unto him سبحانه وتعالى May Allah تبارك وتعالى remove all of our worries and anxieties and to replace them with happiness and joy for his sake سبحانه وتعالى May we be people who direct our hearts to Him in all of our different states and get, receive tawfiq from Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, like the tawfiq of the salihin. May Allah ta'ala facilitate all of our affairs for us, ya arhamur rahimin, and blessed to be from the most principled people, from those who follow the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam closely in all of our states, ya arhamur rahimin, fill our hearts with the love of you and the love of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the love of all of those whom you love, and bring us close to that which you love, ya arhamur rahimin, bless us to live upon that and to die upon it, prepare us for our meeting with you, ya arhamur rahimin. Prepare us for our meeting with you, Ya Rahman Rahim. Prepare us for our meeting with you, and make all of us say when we exit this world, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Completely actualize its meanings inwardly and outwardly. Awakumullah, Nasrakumullah. Inna Allaha yamur bil adli wa lihsani wa intai lil qurba wa inhaan al fahshai wa munkir wa baghi. Yadikum laalikum tadakkurun. Ulkurwa rati milkum. Washkurwa nahi zidkum wa zidkum wa zidkum.